we talked about self-reflection and we talked about leading a virtuous life. We also touched upon meditation and why all those things are done. And yet, there is something else that's still left. It's very important. <clears throat> all of you have traveled to the ashram from somewhere. And in physical terms, it's been a material journey. That means you made a plan, you started from point A, you did your journey, maybe you took a flight or you took uh, the train or you drove down. Hopefully you didn't have to walk down, but... And then you reached here. To do that journey, <clears throat> you needed resources. You needed access to the internet and banking to book a spot here. You needed some kind of ticket, some kind of legal tender to be able to do that journey. To do, to cover any material journey, you need material wealth. You need those resources. Either you earn them, or you borrow them, or you just pester somebody to help you, whatever the case may be. In much the same manner, to cover your spiritual journey in life, you need spiritual resources. You need spiritual wealth. And as with any other kind of wealth, you can earn it, invest it, or you can spend it. It's up to you. It can be earned, and once you've earned it, it can be invested, or it can be spent, or it can just be wasted away. It can be donated, which I consider investment. So what is that spiritual wealth? What makes up that spiritual wealth? And how do you earn it? And how do you spend it? That's what I will try and cover today. In a survey, they asked uh, some people, what would you do if you won 10 million dollars? And they wanted people to, to write. This survey was done in a seminar about wealth creation. The seminar was all about building your material wealth. So they asked the attendees, the participants, what would you do if you won that kind of money? And everybody wrote down what they would do with that money. Somebody said, I would first get rid of all my debt, the credit card debt I have. Someone said, I'll buy a big home. Somebody said, I just need a break. I'm going to go on a long holiday without my family. And <laughs> somebody said, I will also go on a long holiday with my family. So all kinds of people were there. So everybody had a list of things they would do. And then the speaker 
considered those responses, looked at them, he said, and he read out some of them. And he said, have you guys noticed? All of you, he said, are talking about spending money. None of you, not, not even one person has said, this is where I'm going to invest my money. Investment is there on the, on the radar, but somewhere at the bottom of the list. On the top, everybody was talking, oh, I'm going to first fulfill my these outstanding dreams. It's quite something similar happens on your spiritual journey as well. There is so much of baggage and so much of feelings, usually negative, we are carry within we carry within ourselves that the first thing we do when we earn any spiritual wealth is we try to get rid of that debt. And then we say, Okay, I'm going to invest my spiritual thing, but it is already too late. As you might know, most people who win Lotto are back on the road in, within the first few years, even worse off than they were earlier. So building that spiritual wealth and maintaining that spiritual wealth is what you need if you really want to reach the pinnacle of spiritual attainment in your life. There was a, a young boy his grandfather was an ironsmith and he was sitting down with his father with his grandfather <clears throat> and he said to him he said grandpa is everybody created equal are all men equal in the eyes of god he said of course my child there is no doubt in that but why then, he said, someone's rich and someone's poor? If everybody is created equal, why is that great inequality that runs through this entire planet? And he said to that little boy, he said, go get me an iron rod. So he got him a small piece of iron rod. He said, how much do you think this is worth? So he put it on a, on a weighing scale, the little boy. And he said, roughly 50 rupees. This is worth just about a dollar. What if, he said, I make nails out of this piece of iron? How much those nails would be worth? He said, oh, they would be worth a lot more, at least four times as much, about 200 rupees. He said, what if I put in a bit more effort and I made little springs out of this, which a watchmaker could use in watchmaking? How much would that be worth? He said, grandpa, that would be worth at least 1,000 rupees. Imagine how many candies I could buy with that kind of money. So that'll be worth at least 1,000. He said, that's the whole point. Your price is what you are presently. Your price, material or spiritual, hopefully not material, your price, spiritual, is what you are presently. Your value is what you can be.
your value is in your potential your price current price is in your skill set so spiritually everybody is created equal but some are ready to go through the fire and when you go through the fire or when you put yourself through that process then gradually and steadily your value increases it builds more and more and more and more and more that is how you earn spiritual wealth but how do you spend it every time you curse somebody you deceive somebody you cheat somebody you make a fool of somebody you are spending your spiritual wealth these things will weaken you it's like having a hole in a beautiful pot you can fill it or you can keep filling it it's going to just keep draining out every such action of ours that is intended to hurt somebody is basically drilling a hole in that sturdy pot and that is one of the key reasons why people do all kinds of good things but spiritually they don't really experience growth because too much expense is happening on a daily basis With that kind of spending you cannot retain wealth you cannot grow it so you may have gained certain focus through meditation you might have built some energy through uh, through chanting you might have gained some blessings by helping somebody all of these things matter a great deal but the moment you use it to hurt somebody or to just simply bolster your own own ego you have just spent what you earned and you are back to square one which means it becomes that uh, job 9 to 5 every day you work every day you accumulate some at the end of the month you get paid and then you pay off your mortgage and car repayments and other things and maybe bit in uh, investment and so on and then you're back to square one you need one more month of working to survive but there is one super 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 quality of a spiritual person of a spiritual person this quality is what really helps you build spiritual wealth you know amir khusro very uh, famous poet his entire family and his uh, grandfathers and forefathers and so on they were all uh, they all had close connections with the royal family and amir khusro really believed in his uh, guru he used, i mean guru as in from our perspective used to call him hazrat nizamuddin aliya 
And the king at that time wasn't happy with Nizamuddin Aliya and he was making plans to have him exiled from his state. And Amir Khosrow found out about it because he had connections with the royal family and he heard, he got this insider information. The first thing he did, he went to Nizamuddin Aliya. He said, Hazrat, I, I have to tell you this, but there are plans being made to first capture you and make you a prisoner and then send you away. And you know the king. They can do what they please, so nobody will be able to tell them, don't do this or don't do that. But I just want to tell you this, so should we make some arrangements for you so you can uh, go away on your own? And Nizamuddin uh, held Amir Khusro's hand and kissed it and said, uh, Khusro, uh, why would you take such a risk of leaking this information? You know, you could be killed for this. And Amir Khusro, first I will say in, in Hindi because it, it just conveys better. He said, Agar such bataya hai, such batane se to ho sakta hai, pran chale jaye. Agar na batata, to iman chala jata. Or wo mujhe gawara nahi hai, apne guru ke prati. He said, by telling the truth, yes, I may lose my life. But by not telling the truth, by not disclosing what I knew for the one I look up to, I would have lost my character. And as Gandhi said, you know, if uh, wealth is lost, nothing is lost. Although many people would disagree. <laughs> if uh, health is lost, something is lost. All that depends whose health. And <laughs> if character is lost, everything is lost. But here is something I really hope I can get across. If you examine the books of all major religions of the world, all, if you examine all books that talk about character, almost always you will notice that your sexual conduct alone is referred to as character. If you tell a lot of lies, we'll say he's a liar. If you are very lazy, we'll say he's lazy. If you're not dependable, we'll say he's not dependable, he's not trustworthy and so on. But the moment you engage in sexual misconduct, and misconduct is a term that the society defines, each society, each tribe, each culture, they have their own rules about what they deem misconduct. The moment you engage in any kind of uh, that promiscuous behavior, we say, this is a person of loose character, which is a very narrow-minded view of what character is. When we talk about, usually, you know, in in movies or, or in plays, you have an actor who plays the role of a character. Now that character is, is more than just what they do sexually, right? 
It's everything about your life. But we have come to be taught that this term predominantly or almost entirely means your sexual misconduct or sexual conduct or how you know you operate in in the world with your lusty thoughts but that is not at all the real definition of one's character you can be sure amir khusro wasn't talking about that character when he said to his guru <laughs> that my character would be lost if i did that so what is character that is simply one aspect of it it doesn't matter which area of life you are considering character simply put is one simple thing and that is dependability are you dependable if you are dependable you are a person of character why it's very simple between a husband and a wife if the husband says yes i will be loyal to you if he is dependable he is being loyal if he isn't he would be fooling around if he says yes i am not telling lies if he is dependable he is telling the truth all virtues of truthfulness loyalty and morality all the everything you can think of all the good things this stem from this one thing is that person dependable if they're dependable they're honest and honesty or that dependability is is the seed of spirituality i was telling somebody uh, yesterday this lovely person I asked him I said do you know how yogurt is made from milk and he said yes we use culture and without culture milk will never turn into yogurt without the culture of this honesty you will not be able to grow your spiritual wealth beyond any doubt i can tell you you will be earning it but you will be spending it that's why transparency always pays off and at least in my life and in the workings of this ashram we try to be as transparent as possible in fact uh, uh, just a bit off track but i was quite touched in uh, our latest board meeting rajiv ji suggested that we should publish our accounts online on the web our pnl statement our balance sheet everything good trusts always do that he said because you should be able to see what we are doing or not doing with everything here because if you are true then you would be transparent if you have allowed a child to eat a bar of chocolate he or she is not going to go in hiding to do that they would perhaps turn on the telly put on their most favorite show and gorge on that bar but if say no don't you dare touch that you cannot have that chocolate then it's a
problem. They will be looking for avenues when you won't be there. They'll be looking for avenues when they can lie to you. They'll be looking for an opportunity where they can just disappear and do what they want to do. And you can't do both. You can't do either or. You cannot be a liar and be transparent. <laughs> so you can't do both. You have to pick and choose. Do you want to earn your spiritual wealth or do you want to spend it? And as you know, that balance is everything. If you're just earning and not spending, you are going to be extremely stressed out all the time. <laughs> you're still laughing. If you are just spending, you will be under heavy debt. And one day, nobody will lend you any money. So spiritual wealth, I think it's a very simple thing, right? You just have to ask yourself, am I being dependable? Can this person count on me? And these are the kind of stories you read from the ancient times in in uh, many texts, you know, those, those men and women stood for something. They said, we'll, we'll give up our lives, but we would stand by what we stand by, what we stand for. And that dependability will take you a long way. Because if you're dependable, you will honor your commitments you make, you make to others and to yourself. If you say, I'm going to exercise 30 minutes every day, if you're truly dependable, you will. Otherwise, you'll give up. And if you reflect on this, you will discover that this is one of the easier things to do. To be dependable. I'm not asking you to be compassionate. I'm not asking you to be ultra polite. I'm not asking, asking you to be not be vain. I'm not asking you to be humble. These are all difficult things, right? All you have to do is be the person, is to do what you say you will do. Is to mean what you say and to do what you mean. That's what dependability is in a nutshell. On that note, we'll... Uh, close this session.